Well, good morning, Rivertown Community Church. Hey, I want to say welcome to all of you at all of our churches as we get ready to celebrate Thanksgiving Day this week. And uh, here's what makes Thanksgiving such a very important and different day than most other days of the week, if you really stop and think about it. Like on Thanksgiving Day, we are like intentionally focused on expressing gratitude for all the incredible blessings that we have in life, if you really think about it. But then on all the other 364 days of the year, like most of us kind of like engage in this like really bad habit that all of us have developed. And most of us are not even aware that we have developed this bad habit. See, the truth is most of us see ourselves as grateful people because we have these feelings of gratitude from time to time throughout the years, which means this. When we're living with ingratitude, most of the time, we don't even know it. Don't miss that. When we're living with ingratitude, most of the time, we don't even know it. So today, what we want to do is for just a few minutes, as we kick off a two-week series entitled The Gratitude Project, and you want to make sure that you get both parts of this because it's going to be very challenging to us, we want to talk about this word gratitude for just a moment. Because the truth is, this is such an important concept that most of us learned this when we were like children. Like when you were a kid, if you think about it, and all of your relatives were over for Thanksgiving and they're pinching your little cheek and everything and you wanted to throat punch them but you knew you couldn't get away with that kind of thing you know and then you're sitting at dinner and it's like your grandpa would pass the turkey and then the dressing and you hated dressing because it was so dry you had to wash it down and you try to pass it you know that kind of thing or your aunt would compliment you on something that you did and you knew it was really a stab in your back but it came across as a compliment your mother would look at you or your dad would look at you and say what do you say and you would say yeah, that's right. And like, why did your parents do that for like a million times in your growing up life? Like everybody would do something for you and whether you appreciate it or not, they were like, what do you say? And you would all say, there you go. See, you learned it well. Because see, here's the thing. Your parents knew that gratitude shapes attitude. Literally, your parents knew that the more appreciative you were, the better the attitude that you would have in life. In fact, let me kind of help, help you understand this and, and, and take this to a whole other level. I'd like for you to think about for just a moment the most grateful person that you know. Think about somebody who is truly grateful. How many of you think really highly of them? Like, you know a really grateful person, and so they have this great attitude about life. On, on all our, at all our churches, raise your hand if you think highly of this person that you're thinking about. Raise your hands. Go ahead and lift them up. Yeah, you do, don't you? Like, here's the thing. You like being around that person, don't you? Like, no, many, no matter how many times they say thank you or they express gratitude for something, it's like it never gets old. In fact, what it really does is every time they express gratitude and appreciation, it just makes you like them even more. You know why? Because grateful people are positive people. Don't miss that. Grateful people are positive people. And you like being around people like that. In fact, here's the thing, and don't miss this. It's impossible for somebody to be grateful and negative at the same time. 
Don't miss what I just said there. In fact, you might want to write this down and even write it on your mirror at your home, you know, like every morning when you get up because this is so important. It is impossible for somebody to be grateful and negative at the same time. You know why? Because gratitude shapes attitude. Now, here's the opposite that we know is true as well. I want you to think about the most ungrateful, the most grouchy person that you know. I mean, think of the person with the greatest entitlement mindset that you know. Like, how many of you think highly of them? All of our churches, raise your hands if you think highly of them. Now, if you're thinking about yourself, you might raise your hand on that, you know, because you like feel all entitled, all that kind of thing. But the reality is, like, we just don't like being around ungrateful people. There's just something that's not appealing about an ungrateful person. And what's not appealing about an ungrateful person? Here's what's not appealing about an ungrateful person. An ungrateful person is always negative. An ungrateful person is always negative. So you meet a negative person, you know they are an ungrateful person. See, here's the thing. You have never met a person who is ungrateful and positive at the same time. You've never met a person who was ungrateful and positive at the same time. Because here is the truth. Gratitude, it shapes our attitude. Now, here's the reality. Most every one of us, we would love to be a grateful person and we'd love to be known as a grateful person. But the truth is, we're just not always grateful, are we? Like there's just, there's a reason that we're not always grateful. And please understand, the reason we are not always grateful is one word. But before I give you that one word, you need to know the reason we struggle with gratitude is not that we're bad. It's because we're blessed. In fact, you might want to write this down. And remind yourself of this this week. See, the reason we struggle with gratitude is not that we're bad. It's because we are blessed. In fact, don't, don't miss this. Increased gratitude does not come from increased gratification. And you know this. In fact, if you know this from watching a parent who spoils their children. Well, what happens when a parent spoils their child. The child doesn't get more grateful through more gratification. It becomes, what's the word everybody used for it? They, they become a brat, right? Right? Somebody hollered preach. <laughs> they got a family member dealing with this, right? <laughs> see, see what they know. See what they know is it, it actually goes the opposite way. It opposite goes, the more gratification, the less gratitude often. In fact, this kind of brings us to the paradox of gratitude, and that is this. The more a person has, the less grateful they tend to be. Some of you are going to go home and take all your kids' toys away now, right? <laughs> You're going to say, the pastor said. Yeah. See, see, think about it. I mean, if you've ever been like on a third world trip or, you know, you're going to go on a mission trip into a third world country or something, like very often you begin to realize it's the people who have the least who have been in circumstances of great need who experience or express gratitude the most. 
So what is the one word? What is the one word that really creates this attitude in us of being ungrateful? It's this one word right here. It's the word entitled. And by entitled, I mean, like, you think things should, like, go your way, or you think that your spouse or your children or your coworkers or your friends, like, they should kind of always, like, go along with your plans or make life easy for you. Or, or you think that your parents should give you whatever you want or your teacher should give you a pass, like, when you don't have your homework done on time. Like, entitlement, what entitlement does, it keeps me from seeing all the good that is happening to me as a gift, and it causes me to think, I deserve it. That, that's what entitlement does. In fact, our staff, when they found out that I was going to be doing this message, they challenged me. They said, hey, pull all the coffee and all the water Sunday morning. And I told him, I said, I don't have the guts. There's no way. I said, by the time I got up to preach, I would be so angry because of all the complaining and whining about no coffee and no water. So I just didn't have the guts. So you got coffee and water, thanks to my cowardice today. <laughs> so here's the deal. So, so here's the thing that happens, you know. You know that you're entitled, first of all, if you're negative. When you hear yourself being grumbling and complaining about things that are not going your way, you know that you're entitled I mean, think about it this way. We, we've all said things like this. We've said things like this. Like, you owe it to me, but I deserve. Or you, you don't have a right to say that. You, you don't know me. Or I shouldn't have to. Or it's not fair. And by the way, just in case you don't understand, fairness went out with the Garden of Eden. See, see, the truth is, here's the reality. All of us have said those kind of things, haven't we? I mean, like we've said them to our spouse. We've said them to our coworkers. We've said them to our friends. I mean, you, you've said these kind of things to your parents. Like you said it to your teachers. You said it to your classmates. You said it to your coworkers. Like these kind of statements right here are signs that we are not grateful. Instead, we feel entitled to something. But again, make sure you understand this. We have an entitlement mindset, not because we're bad, but because we are blessed. And in fact, the more blessed you are, the easier it is to fall into this entitlement mindset. And the reason we said, like, the reason this is such a big deal that we talk about this for two weeks is because gratitude, what it does is it shapes your attitude. See, the more grateful you are, the more positive a person you are. The less grateful you are, the more negative a person you are. See, like, when you don't believe that you deserve all that you have been given and all that you have, then you are grateful and you have a positive attitude. Like, even when things don't go your way, if you have an attitude of gratitude, you still have a positive attitude. And you know what that does? It makes your life better and it makes your relationships so much better. But when you feel entitled 
and you feel like you should have even more than what you have, then what begins to happen is you begin to have this negative attitude. And here's the thing that happens. The more negative you are, the more you expect everything to begin to revolve around you. See, please understand, it's impossible for a person who has a negative attitude to have a better life. It's impossible for them to have great relationships because here's why. Nobody is drawn to a complainer. Nobody's drawn to a negative person. Now, here's the good news for us. The good news for us is this. Is we're not the first group of people to struggle with this. Entitlement. This kind of mindset has been an issue for generations. Like even back in the first century, people struggled with this. Like 2,000 years ago, we find that the Apostle Paul, I mean, he had to write about this to help a group of Christ followers figure out how to deal with this problem, to figure out how to develop a grateful heart. In fact, listen to what he has to say in Philippians chapter 2, if you want to follow along in your Bibles or on your device that you have. Philippians chapter 2, beginning in verse 3, here's what he says. He says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Now, this little phrase right here, selfish ambition, it has the idea that I'm not doing what I'm doing for our benefit or for your benefit. Selfish ambition has the idea, I'm doing what I'm doing because it benefits me. And I really don't care how my actions affect you. Now, vain conceit, this little phrase right here, it's the idea that I have this inflated view of myself. It's the idea that I'm going to do this, whether you like it or not, because I deserve it after all. Like, I'm going to do what I want because I deserve to get my way. I deserve to have this for myself. Like, I'm so special that I shouldn't have to, or this shouldn't have to apply to me, or I should be the exception to the rule. Like, I should get whatever I want. See, that's selfish ambition, and that's vain conceit. So the Apostle Paul, he comes along and he writes to Christ followers, and that would be you and I as well, who are Christ followers. And he says, here's the thing. Hey, that's not a healthy way to live your life. That, that's not how you have the kind of relationships that you want to have. That's not how you experience the joy that you want to experience in life. It's not the way to do life. There is a much better way to do life. And so he says, I want to show you a better way. And to show us a better way, he first gives us some advice and then he gives us an example to follow. So notice the advice he gives us first. He says, rather, here's the advice, in humility and understand that you can't have a heart of gratitude unless you have a heart of humility. So he says, rather in humility, value others above yourselves. Now, humility, it's not thinking less of yourself. It's just thinking of yourself less. Like it's turning your attention away from you and looking at yourself and saying, well, it's all about me and for what you want to focusing on what others and what they need. So the apostle Paul, he comes along, he says, listen, one way to shift your attitude from entitled to grateful is to learn to value others above yourself. And then he goes on to explain how to do that. Here's what he says. 
not looking to your own interest, but each of you to the interest of the others. Now, I want to tell you, this is so important. Because see, every day you make decisions. And every day when we make decisions, we tend to ask one of two questions. Most of us, this is the question that we ask. What's best for me? And let me just go ahead and tell you, that question there, that, that's an entitlement question. That, that's a sign that I feel entitled. But the Apostle Paul comes along and he's saying, listen, you, you got to change that. The question needs to go from what's best for me to what's best for them. Now, here's the thing that I know because I've practiced this in my own life. This begins to change a lot of the decisions that you make when you start doing this. For example, when I start looking out for what's best for me, I decide what's easiest for me. I decide what's going to make me the happiest around the house or at my job without considering what is best for those that are around me. However, like looking out for your best interests, like what's best for them, like what you do, you choose to do at home and at work, looking around saying, how is it going to benefit those around me the most? See, looking out for me, saying, what's best for me? It says, you know, I'm entitled to start on the team. I'm entitled to have the leading role. And if I don't get to start, if I don't get to have the leading role, then I'm not playing anymore. But what's best for them kind of question goes, well, it's the coach's choice. It's the director's choice who gets the leading spot. And I'll do whatever I can to help the team or help this experience be the best it can be, whether I agree or not. Like saying, what's best for me says, I'm going to do whatever I have to do to protect myself, even if that means I have to lie. But looking out for what's best for them says, no, I'm going to tell the truth even when it's hard because I want to do what's best for them. And I want people people to be able to trust me. Or another way is like, what's best for me is this whole thing is like, I'm going to push the sexual boundaries with my girlfriend, but what's best for them is I'm going to protect her purity and respect her. See, what's best for me, it's all about the things I post on social media. I post those pictures that make my life look really good and everybody else envy me versus saying what's best for them is like I'm going to personally engage in serving others as many of you have over these last few weeks up close and often. I'm going to get involved in other people's lives instead of just trying to make people envy my life. Or what's best for me is like I'm going to refuse or I'm going to gossip about that person to make me look better and make them look bad and Instead of saying, okay, what's best for them? And I'm going to say, no, I'm going to refuse to get involved in that gossip circle. Instead, I'm going to speak positive affirmations about them to other people. See, see, the apostle Paul says, listen, there's a better way to live. There's a way that leads to a grateful, positive attitude. And he says to do that is you have to learn to look to the interests of others and ask the question, what's best for them, not what's best for me? And then just in case we weren't convinced, the Apostle Paul, he comes along and he says, and by the way, let me remind you that you have like the ultimate role model for this. Look at what he says in verse 5. He says, in your relationships with one another, have the same attitude 
as Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God. In other words, the Apostle Paul comes along and he says, listen, Jesus was the only person who ever lived on planet earth that was genuinely entitled to everything. Like as God, as God, he could have showed up and said in his home, in his work, with his friends, I mean, he could have said this, like, I'm God. I get to say how things are going to be done. Or I'm God, I get to be the captain of the team. Or I'm God, I get to hold the highest position in our company. Or I'm God, lady, I'm not taking out the trash. Some of you guys have tried that one and it didn't work, right? See, being God, he was entitled to do, have whatever he wanted get whatever he wanted to get. But the apostle Paul says, that's not what God did. No, here's what he did. He did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Literally, Jesus never played the God card for his own benefit. Now, now here's what I know. I would have, and so would have you. You know why I say that? Because we do this every day. We try to act like we're God by the way we demand our way, even when we're not even close to being God. But the Apostle Paul says, Jesus never played the God card for his own advantage. What did he do? Rather... He made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant being made in human likeness. Don't miss this next part. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself. Remember, you cannot have a grateful heart without humility. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. See, that's what Jesus did with his God power. He took all of his God power and he became a servant. He humbled himself and used his God power for our benefit, not his own. And the Apostle Paul says, if you want to have a better life, if you want to experience God in your life at a whole new level, then you have the same attitude as Jesus Christ. So how do you develop the attitude of Jesus Christ so that you have a grateful heart? Like, how do you move from asking the question all the time, what's best for me to what's best for them? Well, the Apostle Paul, he gives us some very, very practical advice. Literally, he gives us some homework to do. It's why we're calling this series The Gratitude Project. I mean, this is something he calls us to do 24 hours a day, whether we're at home, whether at school, at work, in the neighborhood. He goes, okay, here's your project. Verse 14, here's what he says. Do everything without grumbling or arguing. At all of our churches, I want you to read this out loud with me like you feel passionate about this, okay? Okay, at all of our churches, are you ready? Do everything without grumbling or arguing. Okay, some of you are really engaged. Bluntstown, step it up. Come on, Chipley. Here we go. 
do everything without grumbling or arguing. Do everything without grumbling or arguing. That's what he says. Because here's why. Doing everything without grumbling or arguing, it is a sign of gratitude. And some of you are thinking like, I got to do everything without complaining or grumbling or having this argumentative spirit. And the Apostle Paul says, that's your project. This is the gratitude project. Do, everybody say this word with me, do everything. Like, why would he say that? Because grumbling and complaining and having this argumentative spirit, it is a sign or it's a way that we use to justify our lack of gratitude for what God has provided for us. And so the Apostle Paul, he's reminding us, he says, listen, you have been blessed with far more than you deserve. And you should be so grateful and you should be so willing to help other people. But he says, listen, when you grumble, when you complain, when you have this argumentative spirit, you forget how blessed you are. In fact, your grumbling and complaining is you saying to yourself, I'm not very blessed. I deserve more. In fact, if you're a parent, you understand why the Apostle Paul takes this so seriously and points this out so clearly. Because he says, listen, as a parent, like, you would understand this. Like, what goes through your mind? Parents, you're sitting there with your kids, and you're telling them you're only going to buy them four presents or five presents this year instead of ten. Or you're telling them something else that's going to change in your house. Like, what goes through your mind when your kids grumble and complain and argue because they can't get what they want? I can tell you what goes through your mind because I'm a parent. I have three kids. In my mind, like my type A personality lights up and goes, are you kidding? I provide a house for you, clothes for your body, and food on the table, all kind of fun things and unconditional love, especially in this moment. And this is how you express gratitude by grumbling and complaining and arguing with me about what I provided. And don't think you haven't said the same thing in your mind if it didn't come out of your mouth. <laughs> we, we all have, haven't we, parents? Like, see, when you look at it that way, you understand why God through the Apostle Paul goes like, this is, this is a sin. This is a big sin against God. Because when I grumble and I complain and I have this argumentative spirit, I'm focusing on what I don't have instead of what has been graciously provided to me by my heavenly father. And please understand this. When the apostle Paul says, do everything without grumbling, complaining, or having this argumentative spirit, he's talking about doing everything without having a grumbling and complaining spirit in your heart. He's saying, I want you to reflect on the, ins on the outside what you truly are on the inside. In fact, the only way really to do this, to have a spirit without grumbling or complaining or arguing as part of your life, is as we said earlier, is to have a humble heart. See, having a humble heart means that I acknowledge this, that everything that I have received in life is a gift from God. Or it's a gift from someone who God has used to give me the gift. So, so what would it be like if we really took this serious? I mean, just think about just one day. What would one day of your life be like if you took this serious? 
Because the reality is we only live one day at a time. Like, what would it like be like to have a grumble-free, complaint-free, argumentative kind of day, free day? Because here's what the Apostle Paul is saying. The choice is really up to you. Like you can learn to live with a heart full of gratitude and and focus on all that you have been blessed with or that we can continue to live with this heart of entitlement and focus on what we don't have. But the Apostle Paul goes on and says, let me just tell you something. If you choose to do this, there's a huge payoff. Notice what he says the payoff is. So that, this is an in order that kind of clause, He says, you do everything without arguing or complaining or grumbling in order that, so that you may become blameless and pure. Do you know how to become a blameless and pure follower of Jesus Christ? He says, do everything without grumbling, complaining, and arguing so that you can become blameless and pure children of God without fault in a warped and crooked generation. And then he goes on. Then you will shine among them like stars in the sky as you hold firmly to the word of life. And the reason this is so important is like we live in a crooked and depraved generation. And you know how we know it's a crooked and depraved generation? It is because we live our lives grumbling and complaining. And that's what the apostle Paul is saying is if you live your life grumbling and complaining about what God has not given you, then you're crooked and you're depraved. So he says, the more we work on having a humble, grateful heart, the more opportunities we have to call ourselves children of God. Not not because we do anything spectacular, but because of one simple principle that all of us really know. And that is this, nobody wants to be around a grumbler or a complainer or an arguer. But by not grumbling and complaining and arguing, he said, listen, here's the deal. You have incredible opportunity to shine like stars in this universe. Translated, he says, you have this incredible opportunity to shine, to stand out among the crowd. You have the ability to gain influence with people. And then they want to kind of lean into you and see what's going on. And so you begin to earn the opportunity to tell them about the one who has blessed you with more than you deserve. See, when you live with a grateful heart, the Apostle Paul is saying, not only does your life get better, and and people, I'm just telling you, people notice the attitude that, that gratitude has shaped in your life. They always do. He says, not only does your life get better, but you have a greater opportunity to influence this world with the gospel message of Jesus Christ. So to make this very applicable for us today, we we have one question and then we have one challenge to help us live this out. The, the, The question is all about developing the humble heart thing. And this is why we're calling this the gratitude project. So here's the question. The question is this, who do you owe an apology to? Like, who do you need to, first of all, Humble your heart and then go apologize. Do you need to apologize to your spouse, to your parents, to a friend, to a coworker, to a teacher, to a brother, to a sister? Do you need to go to them and admit, listen, I haven't been grateful. I have made your life miserable because I am a crooked and depraved person because I am a grumbler and a complainer. Now, once they came to after they passed out from hearing you say that, 
Then you finish it up and say, listen, I have acted entitled. I, have, I haven't been thankful at all. Like, I am so sorry for my complaining and grumbling and my argumentative spirit. I am so sorry. Will you please forgive me? So the first thing you do is apologize because you got to have a humble heart to have the right attitude. So first, apologize. Maybe even ask them to help hold you accountable to be grateful. So that's the first thing. That's, that's the question. Who, who do you need to apologize to? Now, here's the challenge. And oh, this is a challenge. In fact, I had a couple of our staff tell me they were going to be broke after if they took this challenge. Here's the challenge. It's the no complaining challenge. So here at all of our churches, your goal and my goal for the next six days, because this is Thanksgiving week. <laughs> oh, there's groaning and murmuring all across <laughs> these churches. For the next six days, because this is after all, it's Thanksgiving week, right? Our goal will be not to argue, not to complain or grumble about what we don't have. Instead, it's going to be to be positive and to be grateful for what we do have. Now, here's the thing. We know that nobody's going to be perfect at this. So we had to come up with some consequences that you could impose on yourself every time you catch yourself or somebody else catches you arguing or playing. So make sure you wear an RCC shirt or a four shirt all week this week so people can hold you accountable, right? So here's the thing. Every time you catch yourself arguing, complaining, or grumbling, or somebody else does, you need to put a dollar or $10 in a jar, and at the end of the week, you need to give it away to bless somebody. And some of you go, well, I don't have that much money. Well, deprive yourself, okay, deprive yourself of sweets, whatever food you like, whatever other thing that you like to enjoy because you're so blessed. Like, come up with some kind of consequence and then tell somebody about it so they can help you with this. Because making yourself accountable, as we all know, it helps us become aware of how often we complain, how often we grumble, how often we get in this argumentative kind of spirit. See, see, here's the reality. Most of us go through life and we don't even realize how ungrateful we are because we think we're right to be entitled. We, we think we are, we're right to say, but I deserve, or it's not fair, or you really don't know me, or you wouldn't say that. But listen, to live this no complaining challenge out, we got to lean into the power of the Holy Spirit and say, God, change us, help us. Now listen, if you're in any of our churches today and you're not a follower of Jesus Christ, you should still want to do this because you don't want to be known as a negative person and because you want to have good relationships and, and because you want to be happier in your life. But I'm telling you, if you call yourself a follower of Jesus Christ, the apostle Paul says, no, this is the way you should live. Because our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ, he chose to live, humble himself and live on this planet. Not with an attitude of entitlement, with an attitude of gratitude that he could benefit us and bless us. Like he set the example to put the interests of others before his own when he left heaven to come to this earth. And then on top of that, to top it all off, he died on the cross and he rose again to pay the price for your sin. So I'm telling you, it's impossible for you to call yourself a follower of Jesus Christ 
if you act entitled. It's impossible for you to point people to him if you're ungrateful and negative and complaining and always argumentative. In fact, what the Apostle Paul is saying is you actually push people away from him. But when you have the same attitude as Jesus Christ, the Apostle Paul says, listen, you stand out like a shining star. You you shine like a star among your friends, among your family, among your coworkers, among your neighborhood. And people will actually be drawn to Jesus Christ because gratitude, it shapes attitude. And when you are grateful, your life gets better. So our challenge to you, the gratitude project this week is that you humble yourself and go make some apologies this week. Like where do you need to make some apologies? And then take this no complaining challenge. Let's all do it together and let's stop being negative and complaining and grumbling and arguing for the rest of the week. And that includes leaving the park lot today and the building. Be grateful that you have a car and be grateful that you have to wait and be grateful that you can let somebody go in front of you. And when you go to the restaurant, be grateful that you can eat out. And let's remember this week how really blessed we are and let's be a blessing to other people with our grateful, positive attitude. And by the way, to remind you how blessed you are on all of our campuses when you leave today, they're going to hand you a slice of pumpkin pie for you to take home. And don't ask where's the Cool Whip. (laughs) That would be entitled. (laughs) Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much that we have these incredible reminders of how blessed we are. Just a simple thing as a slice of pumpkin pie. God, there's so many places in our world they'd love to be blessed enough to get something in excess, just like a slice of pumpkin pie, a cup of coffee, a bottle of water when they showed up to their church today. God, I pray that you convict us to the core of our being And help us to be committed this week to love and live like our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, that you have loved and lived for us. God, we we commit to this no complaining challenge because we want to represent you well in this world and we want to draw people to you. God, thank you for our incredible blessings. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, thanks everyone for being with us. Have a great week. Happy Thanksgiving.